This is a Hoff Studios podcast. You guys, welcome to another solo podcast. I am excited to have this conversation with you. I have been through so much personally on the friend forefront that I have a lot of gained insight and it's an area, my friend calls it my work. My work is in relationships and communication. It's definitely been an opportunity of growth. It's not been something that I was naturally inherently strong with as far as communication goes, explaining where I'm at, what I need from people, where I'm at emotionally, spiritually, mentally, and even in my health journey, I oftentimes will gaslight myself um, and not share what I really need from people. So this has been a huge growth spurt for me in the last two to three years. And I want to share with you a lot of what I've learned. I feel like this is just the foundation. This is like step one, two, three, and there's so much more to dig into. So if you guys resonate with this, we'll continue to dive deeper on the subject. The title of this podcast is called Red Flags in Your Friendships and What to Do About Them. So first off, I want to say that all relationships are an opportunity, a mirror to experience yourself and to grow, right? The relationship is where emotional alchemy gets to happen. And some of the best alchemy happens when we set our boundaries and use our voices. If your relationships have looked anything like mine, it's probably beyond time to speak your truth. It is proven that women's intimate friendships tend to be more intense than most men's, but also more fragile due to the fact that we build more trust by sharing those more vulnerable sentiments and information, right? So there is a lot on the line when it comes to our female or intimate inner circle friendships. I don't want to limit this conversation to just man or woman. I want to preface this by saying I have some of the most amazing friends. So many are very spiritual. They're in the inner work. We've been around each other for four to 10 years, and these women are warriors. And with that, there have still been people who I have had to let go of and move out of my life or others who I've had to reestablish boundaries and compartmentalize where and how I share space with them. And so that doesn't make them bad or wrong or me good or bad, right? This is just chemistry. This is how our triggers and how our wounds and how our attachment styles show up for each other. And it can create a toxic environment. It's not that those people are toxic. It's just that the chemistry between you is not healthy, right? And sometimes it does feel toxic. So I personally have had to let go business partnerships. I've had to release 10 year plus friendships. I've had to take space. And in many of my relationships, I've had to have uncomfortable, honest, and painful conversations. In fact, there was an entire year where I couldn't even speak to my best friend Sloan. I'm not necessarily proud of that. It's not like a badge I wear. It was more due to the fact that I couldn't really articulate what I needed in that relationship anymore nor had I felt the experience in my body of forgiveness. Forgiveness isn't 
something logical. It's really an experience in your body and in your emotions. And I wasn't there. I wasn't in the process of that. So as much as I'm not proud of the length of time it took, I also don't embody any shame around that because I took care of myself, period. And I hope this podcast and this conversations allows you to do the same thing. See, I didn't yet have the skill set to work through that in a more efficient way. And if you follow me on social media, obviously Sloan's a huge part of my life. She's one of my most intimate relationships. So there is hope. This isn't about you see the red flags, kick them out. I used to be that person. I would just literally leave them unread, ghost them and kick them out. Now that is not always why I will leave you unread. I am very busy and I do get very overwhelmed with communication. Um, So don't take it personally if you're out there listening. (laughs) You're like, she has not replied to my text. It's generally not personal. I'm talking about more intimate relationships where you know also something is going on there. So my relationships have always been my medicine. They're extremely intimate, vulnerable, and deep. And when you have that, there's bound to be an amazing amount of trust, right? But also pain. Because when you open yourself up to that, and when you choose to be that vulnerable, it's only going to happen that you're going to get hurt sometimes, right? That is, It's like what we say, taking a chance on love. So even in friendships, it can be the same thing. I recently had, this should be a whole nother podcast talking about like the vetting of people you let into your life. But I have this amazing group of friends and oftentimes we talk about, it's like a networking group. It all stemmed from this Hey Mama group that I'm a part of. And a lot of times in those networking groups, it's like, oh, so-and-so is a friend of mine. They came from New York. They're a transplant. They're also a mom. Um, We're in the same industry. You guys should meet. And so people pair each other up, right? That's like networking 101. But what happens is that becomes a blurry line of like, I know them from X and X. And so you should also be friends with them too. So that personally happened to me a few last year. And it's happened many times throughout the last few years in my mom group specifically, where it's like, you're a mom, I'm a mom, we're kind of in the same industry, or you've been through something similar, or you came from the same city I'm from. So like you're in now. And you don't don't check your intuition at the door. Like you actually do check it out the door like it's a fucking coat check. But you don't like check in with your intuition, right? And you just let these people in. And so I made that mistake for the past in the past few years several times where I just took my friend's word for it. Well, people have different chemistry and different thresholds of what they'll allow in each other's lives. So for example, I let somebody in who was introduced to me in this very same way, a lovely person, a great person. In fact, I still admire this person, but the relationship was, for me personally, it felt like my boundaries were being crossed. Time-wise, scheduling, the emotional burden that I would have to bear due to what they were going through. And I'm really, I'm really empathetic. I'm an empath, right? And so I would gaslight myself about what I was experiencing. 
And this all came to a head this summer and I released the relationship. And, you know, like I said, this can be a whole nother podcast of like vetting people who are in your life and checking in with your intuition in the beginning. But this podcast is really more about what to look for once you're in these relationships and how to create some space and boundaries in them. So I recently took a Gabby Bernstein relationship challenge with my friend and with a good friend of mine. And day one, she said, relationships are assignment. I'm sorry, I'm going to repeat that. Relationships are assignments. And me and one of my dear friends who took this challenge together, and it was so fun because we were having such a mirrored experience in our personal relationships, but it was so fun to be like, we are on assignment. What's next? Who's next? What will this work entail? Versus like, oh my God, I'm going through this again. Somebody crossed my boundaries again. And instead of being in the, this is a me versus them mentality that often arises when we're triggered in relationships, right? You feel attacked, you feel abused, you feel neglected, right? And so instead it was like this reframe of like, oh my God, I'm on assignment. What do I get to do next? And what will I see in these people? And what will I see in myself, right? Because once you recognize the person as an assignment, you can call it by its name and you can really show up for that assignment as your higher self in a space of how is this going to affect me? How is this going to change me and evolve me? What am I going to learn with this person, right? And so before you start red flagging all your relationships, it's it's important to inventory your own patterns in relationships. And some of the work in this relationship challenge and some of the work I've personally done in the past is around attachment theory. It's began in the fifties and you can literally Google attachment theory and there's four different attachment styles and you can discover which one you are. I'm going to leave a link here in the show notes so that you can take a test easily and then you can dig into that body of work yourself. Um, I'll just give you a little synopsis. So there's like secure, anxious, avoidant, or anxious avoidant. And I tend to fall more on the avoidant or anxious avoidant spectrum. And this all has to do with the way that you were raised, your relation, your interpersonal relationships growing up with your, your parental figures and your immediate family, um, or maybe authority figures. And so this ends up playing out over and over and over in your relationships. And so if you, it's really important. I would love to get on a specialist about this conversation. It's really important. You know what your attachment style is, um, because it's affecting all of your relationships. If you're searching for love, it's going to affect that relationship. If you're in a relationship in a romantic relationship and even your relationship with your children, right? So I'm not going to go into all that because it's a whole body of work but I will leave you with some links, like I said, that you can dig in and it'll help you see your patterns and your approach to relationships. But today, this conversation is about taking a stand for you to remind you of your power, your truth, and your sovereignty, right? So that word sovereignty is like your independent body decision-making, your sovereignty, your truth. That's your sword. That's your voice, your power. That is action, right? 
So we are in a great awakening spiritually. Every single prophecy, planetary alignment, and channeling will say that this is a time of major societal conscious awakening. And with an awakening, there is a pain and a darkness and a chaos. And we are here, we know, right? We've just been through the fucking ringer the last several years. So we know, you guys all know what I'm talking about. And the more I talk to people, the more they say that they're having difficulties and spiritual awakenings and dark nights of the soul. And as beautiful as life is, most of the people that I speak to, there's so much beauty in it, but there's also so much pain and chaos, right? And the first part of that collective conscious rising is our inner world. So if we're going to transmute and come out of this darkness, it really has to come through our inner world. And that's our boundaries and our relationships. And that's where you stop and someone else begins. I did a a boundary podcast. And um, by the time this comes out, you'll have a chance to listen to that. And if you have not, please go check that out. It's a boundaries over the holidays. It's a good place to start. And so boundaries are where you begin and someone else, or where you end and someone else begins, right? And yes, we are all one. And yet it is our personal truth and our power of the sword, which is translated to our voice, that will create the collective shift, right? So it's important that you have your sovereignty and your autonomy. And so for all you empaths, you codependents, you afraid to offend, you likable, beautiful people out there, this is for you. So let's dig in. When our brains make a decision of any kind, it uses a combination of a lot emotion, and logic. However, your intuition will never fail you. It is hardwired, built in. We are born with it. It's our nervous system speaking to us, right? It's like the butterflies in our stomach. It's the gut feeling. It's that feeling of, I knew it. I should have listened. Or I have a feeling, right? Like, mm, it's that first little whisper, that little inkling in your body. Your intuition lies in your emotions and not your head. So what happens when you suppress those intuitive hints? What do you feel? You feel resentment. You feel exhaustion. You feel avoidance. You feel anxiety, tiptoeing, feelings of being manipulated. When you leave those people, you feel that, right? It's like, I don't know why, but I feel super annoyed. I feel anxious. I feel like I don't want to hang out with that person. I feel exhausted when I'm around them or after I leave them. And I used to think personally that, well, I would gaslight myself about it. And when I would think about them, I would look at them and I wouldn't see the red flags because I used to think that the red flags showed up on them. However, now I know those feelings I experience actually come first. My feelings and experience of them come first. Because the lens I view people from is not so clear. I tend to see people the best as the best, right? Or what's possible. Or I put them on a pedestal, right? Like, oh, I can learn so much from them or they're so good at this. So I ignore what I see on them, right? But my body never lies. My emotions never lie. And it might take a little while to build up, but it doesn't lie and it's there speaking. So paying close attention to my emotional response to being around them or thinking about them is actually the first set of red flags. 
Examples like, I never know what they're going to say about me when I'm not there. Or I feel like I have to tiptoe around them because I just don't feel like I'll be accepted for being me. Or I feel so drained after spending time with them. Or I don't know, I just don't trust them. And I'm not talking about coming from a place of mistrust where if you already are very skeptical of everybody and mistrusting of everybody, I'm really speaking to the person who more gives most people the benefit of the doubt and gaslights himself, right? So this is more of a person who identifies as a people pleaser. Now, there are their actions that maybe in the past you would make excuses for or look past, right? And so I'm going to lay those out for you also so you no longer have to look past them. This is your once you know, you can't unknow moment. So things like the silent treatment or passive aggressive attacks, competition, jealousy, showing up as making you feel small, finding joy and exploiting your vulnerabilities. Things like gaslighting, saying you're overreacting or backtracking and lying about what you clearly witnessed and experienced. You know you saw that shit. Diminishing how you feel when you you do speak your truth. They diminish how you feel when you speak your truth, right? So those are some examples of red flags in relationships that are imbalanced, right? And so once you can identify these red flags within yourself, your response and in others, their behavior, and you have identified your attachment style, you will have context as to why you have chosen this person to be in your pattern or assignment, quote unquote, and you will be able to begin to take accountability for your actions. And with that, you can begin to create boundaries with love. Creating boundaries with love means a lot of things, right? So I'm going to give you a couple tips on creating these boundaries with love. My first recommendation is to really meditate first on love. This definitely comes from a Course in Miracles, Gabby Bernstein method. Um, It's to really meditate in love. That does not mean just like letting it all go. That means recognizing your truth might, might sting with them but it will also forever change them. Coming back to that remembrance that these relationships and your words are alchemy. So that is the gift. So coming from that place also feels like a responsibility to one, to not deny yourself and to to, two, to not deny them of this information, right? So it becomes your responsibility to self and others. So sitting in that love, either in meditation, prayer, Reiki, really embodying the emotion of love when you go to journal, to write, to speak to these people. Um, You can do something, like I said, meditation, prayer, Reiki, something in your tool belt that attunes you to the vibration of love and witnessing that person as love, as hard as it may be, as triggered as you may be, really getting yourself to that place. So once you're in that place, you can journal and be really clear about your desired boundaries. The more clear you are, the easier it will be to communicate and list them out. What exactly do you want from this relationship and how do you want it? Secondly, let go of their reaction. How they respond is not up to you and it's none of your damn business, as the saying goes. It is only your role in this assignment to deliver the need clearly. With love, hold the line being unapologetic about what you need in the relationship. 
So letting go of their reaction and not apologizing in the midst of delivering your need. Not I'm sorry, but remove the I'm sorry. This is what I need from you. And this is how I need it. And this is why I need it. Thank you. Remove the I'm sorry. Do not apologize for your needs. And let go of the reaction. So number one is meditate on love. Number two is journal it out, be clear. Number three is letting go of their reaction. And number four, lastly, and the biggest and most important key piece to this is trust. Trust the process. Trust that the boundary will be freaking honored. Coming from that space of trust and love does its own magic. And it can oftentimes bring about the container for them to actually soften and see your need. It may not come immediately, but allow them the space to do so. Allow them to space to witness themselves. And if it does not, you have to also trust that you'll have the courage, the strength, and the bravity to walk away. Because ultimately, that has to be the boundary. That if you do not receive this boundary, you will need to remove yourself, right? And so going back to that example of the relationship I had to let go of the summer, I don't, I didn't have like a strong sit down. It was more of a new relationship. And based on what I had already seen in six months in that relationship in so many ways, and there was also a very complex situation underneath it, um, I explained what I needed and my need in that relationship was do not contact me anymore. And I held the space. I expected that. And that is what I received. I was ultimately granted with my boundary. And there's going to be other relationships where you speak your truth and you, they might yell and scream and there might be a responsibility that you have to take for their, for the reason they're behaving this way. Right. And you might laugh and cry and hug it out. And then there's going to be others where you have to walk away. And ultimately you have to be ready to do so because that is your truth, your power, your sovereignty that you're protecting. It is your responsibility. Nobody is going to come do that work for you. This is your work. And the one thing I noticed in that relationship and many relationships that I've been in that it felt like that was that I was sacrificing my own emotion and desire to carry their emotional baggage, right? So I was sacrificing my truth to carry their truth. And that is unfair. So I was silencing myself, right? And once you allow yourself to create that boundary, you no longer have to carry that weight. And your truth can be free. That fire can be lit. It can be exposed instead of being stifled. Once that's released, I can't tell you how much space you will have, whether it's a clean boundary that you reestablish with a beautiful friend or a clean boundary that you establish with somebody you will no longer interact with. There's going to be space and breath and fire burning and beauty. I have honestly had so many complicated relationships, you guys. This is an area of my life that has been really personally challenging and I'm still learning. I'm still in it but it's also been the most rewarding work. The outline I just shared is the foundation of the work that brought me to so much peace, to a place in my life where I feel safe, 
safe to speak my truth, to trust myself, to trust those around me, who in the past have maybe perceived as overbearing or have felt unsafe to me. It is the culmination of the embodiment of the last 10 years of my life as a yoga teacher, a personal development mentor, becoming a mother, evolving to my own personal friendships. And so I hope this translates to you and supports you. I love you guys so much, and I hope you're enjoying these solo podcasts. More to come. Have a blessed and beautiful day. Every week, we have a recurring segment. I share my favorite things, tangible products to use, things to walk away with, and above and beyond the inspiration of these conversations. So this week's rebellious perspective. What if when we bump up against others and that friction we experience wasn't just drama or toxicity, but actually alchemy? and part of our purpose in this world? What if it was in those relationships where we chose to learn the most, take them on like an assignment? How would we experience them differently? It's not to say that we stay in those close friendships for the growth, but instead of how is this happening again, we approached it with what will I be learning from this assignment? And when will I know it's over, right? A reason, a season, or a lifetime. Read, unfuck your boundaries. In this book, bestselling author Dr. Faith Harper offers a full understanding of issues over boundaries and consent. How can we communicate and listen more effectively and how to survive and move on from situations where our boundaries are violated? Along the way, you'll learn when and how to effectively say no and yes, troubleshooting conflict, recognize abuse, and respect your own and others' boundaries like a pro. It's only about 150 pages, so it's a great quick pickup. You'll be amazed at how much these skills improve your relationships with friends, strangers, coworkers, and loved ones. Lastly, shop. The same author came out with a set of conversation cards and they're super cute. Created as a companion book to the Unfuck Your Boundaries, this 52 card deck prompts reflection and conversation about your and others' boundaries, needs, consent, and relationships. So a great one to do on the Friday night hang on the couch. There are no right or wrong answers, only your answers. This deck includes two types of cards, reflection cards designed to help you become more conscious of your thought patterns, how they're influenced by your past, and how to shape them to be better suit your present and future. Situation cards ask, what would you, would I do? And are meant to help you consider potential scenarios so you can plan out strate- strategies to manage them effectively. So, Lastly, I'd love for you to go check out your attachment style. I'm leaving a free quiz here on how to learn just what is yours and so that you can dig in and see how it impacts your relationships in your life. Thank you guys so much for listening to my podcast. I hope that you share. Please write a review and save and download. Have an amazing day. Love y'all. 